Hello, listeners. This is our first episode of Deep Thoughts with David Rothkoff. Deep Thoughts will be available exclusively to members, but this week we're allowing everybody to sample it. For more information about becoming a member, visit the dsrnetwork.com and click membership levels. For a limited time, we're offering a 20% discount on membership. Benefits include free access to our weekly webinars, exclusive access to Deep Thoughts and our Ask the Blob podcast, access to our members-only Slack community, an ad-free listening experience, free swag, and more. This week, we have six shows planned, including our Wednesday webinar featuring political White House correspondent Natasha Bertrand and NYU journalism professor Jay Rosen. To learn more, visit the dsrnetwork.com. Finally, we're developing two additional shows and we'll have announcements about them in the coming weeks. These shows will feature new hosts and will complement our already expanding programming. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Deep Thoughts. This is a new feature we're doing just for our founding members, just for those of you who support us the most. And what we are trying to do is offer you a few insights that you wouldn't get someplace else just by listening to our other podcasts, reading things that we wrote, and so on. And so I'm going to begin, and I'm going to share a few thoughts with you that have lingered with me through this week, and then uh, we'll turn to something else that'll be new and kind of interesting. But this is for you. This is for our founding members. So if you don't like it, if you want it to be something more than it is, if there's something you want us to cover in this segment each week, in this 10-minute, 15-minute little mini podcast that we do each week for you, all you've got to do is go to our Slack channel, which you have access to as a founding member, and tell us. And we will shape this podcast specifically to your needs just like we have our interactive podcasts in the middle of each week, because that's the advantage of podcasting is that it can be really interactive and you can shape it. Um, I, I thought I'd start out by talking a little bit about where we are, where, where this week has brought us. If you picked up the New York Times today or you picked up the Washington Post today, you see that both are leading with headlines that the COVID pandemic death toll is now approaching 500,000. Now, one of the things you know as a listener to Deep State Radio is that the death toll itself is not actually accurate. In fact, Lori Garrett has been on our show. Dr. Kavita Patel has been on our show. Liana Wen has been on our show. Um, Craig Spencer has been on our show. A number of people have been on our show. All of them have pointed out that the death toll is probably 30% low. Now, I bring that up because if the death toll of 500,000, which is a mind-boggling number, and I, and I have to say, the New York Times uh, or the Washington Post, when I was reading it today, I was struck by the fact that they said, 500,000 is a really hard number to get your brain around. And I was thinking, you know, that's a cop-out. Their job is to help us get our brain around it. Um, well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second, but to me, you know, we are looking at a number that is consistently low. It's 30% low. If 500,000 people is the official number, that means that 650,000 is actually closer to the absolute number, the accurate number. 
Now think about that a second. It's still just as mind boggling. Um, it's more than the number of Americans that were killed in World War I and World War II and the Vietnam War and every war since then. All the wars of the past 110 years all added up. So that's shocking in and of itself. It's also shocking because if you study the great pandemic of 1918, 675,000 Americans died in the great pandemic of 1918. We're going to pass that number in our total, not the official total, but the, the, the real total, sometime this week. That means more Americans will have died in the 21st century of this outbreak than died during that prior outbreak. Now, one of the things that's striking to me about that is that during the 1918 pandemic, it's estimated that 50 million people died around the world. In the 2021, 2020, 2021 pandemic, the estimate right now is something like 2.4 million, which means that in 1918, compared to the rest of the world, the United States total was about 1.3%. In 2021, the US total is 20%, more than 20%. One out of five deaths has occurred here. Now that's shocking. It's shocking because the US is, by its own description, the richest, most powerful nation on earth. Why should it have a death toll that is so much higher as a proportion of the global death toll than other comparable countries or than the United States did in 1918. And, you know, some might say it's a unique characteristic of the disease, but it's actually not a unique characteristic of the disease. Uh, it's a unique characteristic of the way that we handled the disease. And um, as we discussed on a past show, recent show, there was a Lancet article that came out uh, just days ago that pointed out that 40% of those who died in the United States died as a direct result of government failure, of bad government policies. And, um, you know, this is deep thoughts and not all the deep thoughts are going to come from me. In fact, those of you who listen to Deep State Radio are going to know that probably not many of them are going to come from me. Instead, they'll come from people who are in our Deep State Radio universe. What I want to do is I want to suggest that you guys go to uh, my former uh, employer, the former employer of uh, a number of us associated with this show, Foreign Policy. Go to foreignpolicy.com, where you'll find an article by Lori Garrett our friend, Lori Garrett, who's a regular contributor to our show. In this article, Lori coins a new word, and the word is pandemicide. And what she means by pandemicide is murder by pandemic, is turning willful negligence, bad policies that were known to have horrific consequences, but were pursued 
in order to benefit the political um, prospects of one person, Donald Trump, um, uh, led to the deaths of hundreds of thousands. They've led to this horrific death toll. And when you think about it, you know, think about how we've reacted to events like this in the past. Think about the outrage over the four deaths that occurred in Benghazi that had nothing to do with the actions of the Secretary of State, but nearly ended her career. Think about our reaction to the sixth deaths that surrounded the January 6th assault on Capitol Hill, which have already produced a call for a a congressional commission um, and have the FBI in a massive manhunt. Think about individual murder cases that you've heard of. Think about mass murderers that you've heard of who've killed five or six or 10, a family, several families, and how outraged you were by that. Um, and then think about this. Then think about perhaps 200,000 of 500,000 deaths, or perhaps a quarter of a million of 650,000 deaths, or perhaps a higher number, the number that have blamed, uh, the, the, the number that some studies say could be blamed on these bad policies, these willfully bad policies, not negligent policies, not blindly mistaken policies, but willfully bad policies where people were saying, if you do this, this many people will die, um, could be as high as 90%. 90% of 650,000 people, according to a New York Times article last spring, 90% of 650,000, half a million people. This number of half a million may be the preventable death toll of this. Fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, grandmothers, children, families shattered, all because of a choice that was made in order theoretically to protect the president of the United States and his political prospects. Now, now think about that. Um, what's more, it may have worked. It, it, it may have worked to the extent, I mean, Donald Trump lost, but he didn't lose by that much. 70,000 votes swung in a, a, another way in a few states, and he would still be the president. And he was counting on the fact that we would be numb to this, that the drumbeat of deaths, that in January of this month, 20, of this year, 2021, we averaged 3,100 deaths a day. We averaged a 9-11 a day. But when you have a 9-11 a day, 3,100 people is not the shock that it was to us at the beginning of this century. 3,100 people is Monday or it's Tuesday or it's Wednesday. And he just felt that if he wasn't too closely associated with it and he just let it happen, the American people would grow numb. The American people would accept it. And I share the outrage that every American has at what happened on January 6th. And I am glad there is a commission that is investigating what happened on January 6th. 
but we need the same thing here. We need to know what choices were made. What did the president do? What did the president's advisors do? What did Jared do? What, what about those stories that Ivanka was you know, telling people in the CDC what to do? What about the stories that discredited doctors like Scott Atlas were elbowing aside credentialed responsible doctors like Dr. Fauci? If we don't understand this, we will not only invite it happening again, but we will create impunity for people who are responsible for the greatest mass slaughter in the history of the United States, one that is comparable to mass slaughters that have occurred um, in some of the worst humanitarian disasters in other places on earth. So go to Lori Garrett's article, read about that, go to the Lancet, read about that. We'll have Lori on um, uh, maybe with Kavita later this week or the following week so that we can have that conversation um, with her. By the way, I think we'll also have Lori Garrett on uh, our, our kind of offbeat quirky podcast with my sister, um, uh, which is called The Secret Life of Cookies. Uh, and you may ask yourself, why do we do the secret life of cookies? You know, we, this is, we deal with these weighty kind of subjects. And the reality is, you know, you can only take so much of these weighty subjects. We need a relief. Um, but also, you know, it, the, the, sometimes when you're relaxed and you're doing something else, you, you see a different side to the conversation. And that's what we've seen on that show, whether it's conversations with Mary Trump or with Joyce White Vance or with E. Jean Carroll or with um, Kavita or this past week with Nell uh, Scoville. The producer of all of our podcasts and somebody who will join us on this podcast week to week um, is the president of our, our, our company, Chris Cotmar. Um, and Chris, you, you've been sort of involved in the secret life of cookies more than I have. Um, why do you think it adds something to what we're doing? Into all the serious stuff all the time on, you know, with deep state radio, but I enjoy the conversations that kind of take a step back and, you know, get a little personal, get a little into baking and, you know, also get into, you know, sort of what we're about at, you know, deep state radio. I think that's exactly right. I think one of the things we want to do is provide different perspectives. You have MSNBC or you have CNN or you have the Times or the Post or whatever as your source of news. How can we add value? We can add value by letting people talk longer, dive deeper. We can add value by bringing different combinations together. We can add value by not going to the lowest common denominator, by trying to stay at an elevated level. And we can add value by having offbeat conversations. We're always looking for new ideas. So if you go to the Slack channel, you'll see Chris there. You can see me there. If you have an idea, if you have something you think we ought to do, whether it's within one of our pods or for something new or for something special, let us know. We're going to do more webinars. That came out of getting you guys involved every Wednesday. Now you can go join a couple of our people or one of our people, ask them questions. We don't let in more than 20 or 30 or 40 people to jo join those, but it's fantastic. And it, lets us reflect what you want more. Um, and that's the purpose of this, to reach out to you and to say, here's what's on my, our minds, what's on your mind? Come back at us with the Slack, come back at us through Twitter, go to Chris, 
go to me. Um, and we'll, tr you know, our, our goal is to be a different, unique value added resource on big issues that matter to you. Ideally, that we can do it in a way that's smarter or smarter and funnier or smarter and funnier or, or and have some different kind of perspective on it. Um, and we're, we're going to keep working at that. We've been, we've been doing this, Chris and, and I and Rosa and Corey and David and Ed have been doing this together for five years now. Um, and sooner or later, we'll get good at it. Uh, but, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we, we, will, we will keep trying. So uh, this has been the very first Deep Thoughts. Uh, we hope, you know, it's going to trigger something in you. Listen to it. Let us know what you're thinking. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. We really, truly do. We're reaching out and asking. Uh, and we'll share more thoughts in the future. And uh, in, in the future, you'll hear more from um, Chris um, uh, about his, his perspectives on all these things. Um, uh, he's a, he's a super interesting guy and, you know, perhaps at some point we will, um, we will, we'll talk about, you know, the conversations that we have off, off the shows because <laughs> before and after each podcast, Chris, I think some of our best, our best conversations take place. Would agree with that. Yes. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's good. Um, so. Uh, that's, that's it for now. Please join us again. Uh, next, uh, these will go up, uh, uh, at the end of the week, every, every Sunday, first thing Monday morning and, um, enjoy the shows each day of the week and let us know what we can do uh, better or that's more responsive to you in the meantime, bye-bye and stay safe. <laughs>